0: Chapter 2 of Underground London by John Hollingshead. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. If the poor old ghost of Dr. Johnson had not been so extremely hard worked of late years, it would be a pleasure to call it up. Of course, in connection with the ghost of Mr. Boswell, in order to get a satisfactory definition of a main sewer the definitions of the great doctor may not always be conveyed in the most simple language but then they come upon us with a full booming sound of undeniable authority the boldest caviller never questions an opinion beginning it is laid down by the great lexicographer and hence the value of such an opinion on a subject surrounded by so many theorists rival engineers boards and technicalities as sewers as we cannot avail ourselves of the doctor's defining wisdom we must scramble through the entrance to our subject as best we can and state with no dogmatic precision that main sewers are only properly so called when they follow the run of watercourses this is a definition that most sewer engineers would not perhaps hesitate to endorse and it shows us the natural melancholy connection between limpid streams or purling brooks and black slimy muddy underground rivers that no one ever thought of writing a sonnet to since poetry was born a volume of antiquarian sentiment might easily be written on the old london watercourses or bourns there is the ancient stream called walbrook which runs into the city from what were once fields between islington and hoxton in old times it turned a number of corn mills and even as late as eighteen ten it was found turning a lead mill near the turnpike in the city road in its younger days like all similar streams it was spanned by many bridges throughout its course and its lower end was wide enough to allow barges to be rowed up it as far as bucklersbury to a spot now called Barge yard in fourteen eighty nine the lord mayor gave two hundred marks towards vaulting it over near to the parish church of st margaret's in lothbury this river discharged into the thames east of dowgate dock its line within the old city wall and ditch was by walbrook princes street crossing beneath the bank and along bell alley to london wall and thence out of the city across old street to its source it had several branches its bed was thirty-two feet beneath the present level of princes street as was discovered when the london bridge sewer its great substitute was built and its waters have trickled under the foundations of the bank even now in its present dark obscurity it has reason to be proud it may consider itself the father of one of the lustiest young sewers in the metropolis for the london bridge sewer and its neighbour the fleet are the largest channels of underground london the fleet itself the turnmill brook the river of wells bubbles up in a hundred volumes it trickles through poems forms little pools in plays and sparkles here and there in less imaginative pages some historians of the fleet brook have regarded it with more veneration or enthusiasm than others and have mused over its probable condition in the remotest times they have pictured the period when roman villas studded its banks when snow hill was famous for its snowdrops when saffron hill was a wooded slope like the thames banks at richmond and when the stream wandered down from its source in the hampstead hills carrying swarms of silver trout into the thames they have dreamed over the time when large vessels may have floated up as high as king's cross where this black river is now carried over the underground metropolitan railway in an iron pipe or tunnel some excuse for this dream about an extinct inland river may be found in the tradition that an anchor was found some years ago as high up as the site of the Elephant and castle at pancras wash where the road branches off to kentish town the fleet brook has always been celebrated for its periodical floods in winter it is the most unruly sewer in the whole vast property handed over in trust to the metropolitan board of works in 1846 it burst its bounds doing much damage to property along its sides particularly between peter street and back hill its embankment walls were much injured three houses and a warehouse in vine street were thrown down and a slaughterhouse and mill house were also undermined the flood rose 5 feet in the houses which fell down and in some places to the height of six feet above the pavement last winter it was impassable for many weeks and thirty or forty years ago after continued rains or a sudden thaw with much snow upon the ground it has often broken up its arches and flooded the surrounding neighbourhood a flood of this kind is recorded which took place about eighteen twenty when several oxen were drowned and many butts of beer and other heavy articles were carried down the stream from houses on the banks into which the water had broken the greatest flood recorded in connection with the fleet during the present century is one which happened in january 1809. at this period when the snow was lying very deep a rapid thaw came on and the arches not affording a sufficient passage for the increased current or storm waters the whole space between pancras Somerstown and the bottom of the hill at pentonville was in a short time covered with water the flood rose to the height of three feet in the middle of the highway the lower rooms of all the houses within that space were completely inundated and the inhabitants had much of their goods and furniture damaged which they had not time to remove two cart horses were drowned and for several days persons were obliged to be conveyed to and from their houses and to receive their provisions in at the windows by means of carts much of the water of the fleet brook originally drawn from springs on the south side of the hill between hampstead and highgate by kenwood where it forms several large ponds has been carried off in pipes by the hampstead water company now merged in the new river company for the supply of the adjacent neighbourhood that portion or branch of the fleet brook down in the london valley known by the unsavoury title of the fleet ditch being part of the old town or city ditch that ran round the walls for about two miles is even more closely embanked with anecdote history and poetical satire. It was once supplied with the waters of certain local wells on each side of its course, such as Clarken Well, St Chad's well, Am well, St. Pancras Wells, Bagnig Wells, and others. <coughs> it was also fed by a small brook called oldbourne the godfather of holborn oldbourne or hillbourne says stowe broke out about the place where the bars do now stand and ran down the whole street till oldbourne bridge and into the river of the wells or turnmill brook this bourne was likewise long since stopped up at the head and in other places where the same has broken out but yet till this day the said street is there called high Olborn hill and both sides thereof together with all the grounds adjoining that lie betwixt it and the river thames remain full of springs so that water is there found at hand and hard to be stopped in every house the great fire of london stopped short in this direction at holborn bridge the four bridges over the fleet ditch were holborn bridge fleet lane bridge bridewell bridge and fleet bridge after the great fire says mr cunningham fleet ditch was converted into a dock or creek about forty feet in breadth at a cost of about twenty eight thousand pounds sterling called the new canal it was an unprofitable speculation the toll was heavy the traffic inconsiderable and in spite of its new name and the money that had been spent upon it the ditch was doomed to continue a common sewer as early as ben Jonson's days the fleet ditch was considered a fair object for humorous satire and description in the famous voyage an account of an adventurous journey up the stream the following passage occurs all was to them the same they were to pass and so they did from styx to acheron the ever boiling flood whose banks upon your fleet lane furies and hot cooks do dwell that with still scalding steams make the place hell the stinks run grease and hair of measled hogs cats there lay diverse the ditch was a nuisance in cromwell's time by reason of the many encroachments thereupon made by keeping of hogs and swine therein and elsewhere near it as the new canal with its sides built of stone and brick its wharves and landing-places It still maintained its repulsive character animals seem to have fattened in its thick stream to judge by the following passage in the gentleman's magazine for seventeen thirty six a fatter boar was hardly ever seen than one taken up this day august the twenty fourth seventeen thirty six coming out of fleet ditch into the thames it proved to be a butcher's near smithfield bars who had missed him five months all which time he had been in the common sewer and was improved in price from ten shillings to two guineas a prodigal son missing for this period would probably have been reduced rather than increased in value gay in his trivia has had a fling at the old fleet ditch if where fleet ditch with muddy current flows you chance to roam where oyster-tubs in rows are ranged beside the posts there stay thy haste and with the savoury dish indulge thy taste the damsel's knife the gaping shell commands while the salt liquor streams between her hands of course the oyster-shells were thrown into the slow creeping stream either by the stall-keeper or her customers Pope has added his might to fleet-ditch satire and history in the Dunkiad this labour past by Bridewell all descend as morning prayer and flagellation end to where fleet-ditch with disemboguing streams rolls its large tribute of dead dogs to Thames the king of dykes than whom no sluice of mud with deeper sable blots the silver flood swift with his usual bold felicity in dealing with such subjects has outdone all his brother poets in his city shower now from all parts the swelling kennels flow and bear their trophies with them as they go filth of all hues and odours seem to tell what street they sailed from by their sight and smell they as each torrent drives its rapid force from smithfield to st shape their course and in huge confluence joined at snow hill ridge fall from the conduit prone to holborn bridge sweepings from butchers stalls drowned puppies stinking sprats all drenched in mud dead cats and turnip tops come tumbling down the flood this nuisance was checked in seventeen thirty four by the mayor and corporation who caused the ditch to be arched over from Hogan Bridge to Fleet Street in 1765, when Blackfriars Bridge and Bridge Street were being built, another portion, from Fleet Street to the Thames, was arched over, and other portions have been arched or covered in at different times. The two old bridges which formerly spanned the ditch at Hoborn and Fleet Street, at the junction with Ludgate, are built into and form part of the present Great Sewer. Its length, within the city, is now about three-quarters of a mile, but it extends for miles beyond the city boundary, and drains an area of 4,220 acres. Some few houses, at different parts of its course, still hang over the black, uncovered stream, like those old, traditional, bygone dens of Field Lane, which have been the source of a thousand stories in the romance of crime jonathan wild jack Shepherd, and other similar criminals are said to have haunted this spot and along with accounts of fat boars city refuse and coarse heroic couplets we have many traditions of robbery and murder some of the houses overhanging the fleet ditch in the last century had trap-doors opening over the stream through which many unsuspecting victims are said to have been thrust as well as many heaps of muck and ashes a small and dirty street called chick lane west smithfield was destroyed in eighteen forty four when the memorable red lion tavern in west street as the place was then called was taken down the house overlooked the open descent of the fleet from clerkenwell to farringdon street and had long been infamous it had many trap-doors sliding panels and cellars and passages for thieves, and a plank thrown across the sewer was often the means, it was said, of effecting an escape. A great crowd gathered round the place day after day for several days, I being on one occasion amongst the number, and many stories were told, and believed, of murders and robberies hidden by the black flood below. The fleet certainly rushed down to the river in times of flood, and bodies picked up floating backwards and forwards with the tide would no doubt have been taken ashore to be owned and if not owned would have been buried by the parish with a bow street record of found drowned so far the machinery seems to have been well adapted for the commission of such crimes and we may therefore allow that a certain small percentage of the existing stories are possibly founded upon fact It is a relief to turn from these black or unsavoury records of one of the oldest and largest of the northern main sewers to stories such as are told of the less famous ephra this great southern sewer was once a small river which rising in the norwood hills flowed down in a winding course to kennington and then wound through south lambeth to the thames near where vauxhall bridge now stands forty years ago says a contemporary writer nightingales in great numbers made their home in the sequestered portions of the ephra's banks and flocks of larks might have been seen sweeping over rush common the river was then wider than at present with a current racing along faster than a man could walk although its channel was very deep a day or two of heavy rain invariably caused an overflow which lay south lambeth kennington and the lower portions of brixton under water the abbots of merton had lands given them for the especial purpose of repairing the bridge over the ephra at the point where kennington church now stands and brixton was once a happy hunting-ground well stocked with game where queen elizabeth used to disport herself during her visits to lord norris a local tradition exists that the strong-minded queen once came up the river ephra in her barge to visit sir Walter raleigh at old raleigh house which still stands on the hill looking at the partly open partly closed black stream which is now known as the wash or ephra main sewer and thinking of the frilled fullness which characterized the elizabethan style of dress it is difficult to believe that the former could have ever been broad enough to admit the latter there however is the tradition firmly rooted like many other traditions in the popular faith and pictures are called up of gilded barges the sweeping of light guitars potato custards tobacco pastilles and the chivalry that makes doormats of velvet cloaks end of chapter 2 of underground london read by peter yearsley